All right. And I cannot stress enough how important it is to get into a small group or to lead a small group. Uh, because we, we know that God's plan for you isn't just to come here and sit and to consume. Like God has freedom in store for you. And that can't happen by just sitting in the seat that you're in. It takes you meeting some people, talking to some people. Uh, I know that God has freedom in store for your life. Uh, which leads us into our series. We're calling it Let's Get It On. Uh, week one. Um, so I work as a youth pastor here, and there was a time where we had a, uh, a it was a video scavenger hunt where, where uh, we would go around town and do really ridiculous stuff. And right before we started, though, we were meeting out here in the parking lot, and I hear this group of girls just like scream. And I look over, and there is a, a, there is a snake, like a pretty decent-sized snake over there. Um, and so I, I go over, and, and I couldn't even think. You know, when you see a snake, you don't, like, process, like, oh, how do I get this? Like, it's just like, ah! And so I go over, and I don't know why. I mean, you're going to be like, this wasn't smart. I thought, like, I'm going to stomp on this thing. <laughs> I think there's something in Scripture about that. Like, I don't know, but... I just thought, man, God's giving me the victory. I'm going to crush this snake. And I go to stomp on this thing, and this thing was quick. It, like, juked me. It was like, so I go to stomp on it. It was like, and then it goes, like, right on my, right on my foot. I'm like, ah! I just got bit by a snake. And it just, it just went off. So it could be alive today. I'm going to find it. And, but it, uh, we had to, Scavenger hunt had to go on, so my team went on. We got like third place, uh, and then after I went to a patient first because I was like, I think it was a black snake, but I just want to make sure, like if it's, I don't want to die. And they looked into it. I was good. I'm here today. Uh, it's a miracle. Um, but I realized, man, if that thing had any bit of poison in it, it would have been a different story. And I don't know if you know how snake venom works. But what, it, what happens is, is why it is so dangerous is because when it gets into your blood, it, it solidifies the blood. And I'm about to show a video here that is, um, it'll make you a little queasy probably. But in all seriousness, like I want this to be a picture of, man, Satan doesn't mess around. He comes to bring destruction in your life to destroy your life, to take all of, of the goodness that God has in this world, and he just wants to keep you from it. So keep that in mind as we watch this video. So check, check this out. No video? Oh my gosh, I thought I uploaded it. Okay, so what happens is this, this snake, this, this guy basically takes some blood out, and, and they, they add this venom into this 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 blood, and what happens is it, it, it literally solidifies it. And so when they, when they pour it, it just, it just is this, this, this like patty, and it's disgusting. And, and, and the thing is that when it comes to, to snake venom, you can't mess around. You can't, you can't it's, it's not a game. It's just like, man, this is going to kill me. And, and I think that it is so clear in the Bible that, that you know, when Satan uh, tempted Adam and Eve, he came as a snake. You know, I think that, that you know, we're talking about, about sex, but what I wanted to start with is, is purity. Because purity is living in God's truth. 
living in, in the life that God has for you. Yet, yet Satan wants to have you living in his deception, living in poison. He wants to poison your life. And, and well, a lot of times what we do is we think, okay, uh, what purity is, is I'll just be walking along and there's this big poisonous pit called adultery. And unless I step outside of my marriage sexually, then I'm doing okay. And I can let kind of things go that aren't really that big of a deal, whether it be a show or a joke or pornography or whatever it is. And we think that, that, that purity is just, here's purity, and then there's this big pit of, of poison that, that, you know, you can't jump into there. But I think that Satan is more strategic than that. I think it's almost like morphine where it's just a drip, drip, drip of poison in your life. And you allow more and more and more. And it twists you. It, it, it changes the way that you think. It gets you thinking that, that joy and happiness and, and life is in something other than what God has for you. I want you to know today that God has freedom in store for you. You know, every person, the, the plan, the, the, the absolute best that God has for you, the first is to have a relationship with God, but the very second thing is absolute freedom in Christ. And I've had times in my life where freedom is the last word that I would describe when it came to my relationship with God. Because, because when it comes to purity and, and, and sexual sin, what happens is it, it just clouds you with this guilt and this shame. And all you can think about isn't the difference that you're making, but just like, God, how do I get out of this? And I don't know if any of you are, are in that boat, but um, you know, Jesus talked about, talked about this. You know, he kind of talked about the, the myth of like the poison pit and then uh, versus the drip, drip. Uh, in, in Matthew 5, Jesus says this. He said, you have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. You see, he raises the bar. He says, man, like adultery isn't just like sleeping with somebody else. It's if in your mind you look at somebody and you lust after them, you're committing adultery. He raises the bar. And, and, and before I go into what else Jesus said? I've got, a, I've got a pirate joke that I really want to tell you. <laughs> I ran into a pirate the other day. And this pirate, um, he had like a, a peg leg. And he had a hook for a hand. And he had a, a patch um, over his eye. And so I, just, I was just curious. I just said, hey, pirate, what, how did you get that peg leg? He's like, Arr, I, I was cleaning the boat. And this alligator came up and... and chomped my leg off. I was like, oh man, it's terrible. And so you got this peg leg. I said, well, what about the hook? He's like, well, I'd just gotten the, the peg leg and someone started making fun of me. So I, I was sword fighting, but I couldn't get used to having this peg leg. And so I wasn't a very good sword fighter. So he cut my hand off and, and now I've got this hook. I was like, okay, what about the, the, the eye patch? He's like, well, I'd just gotten the hook and I looked up and a bird pooped in my eye. <laughs> you get it, the hook? All right, so this actually applies. Um, it's like it goes in waves, like the first group and then the second group and then the third group. That's like, oh, okay. Um, anyways, so Jesus, this is what he says. He says, so if your eye, even your good eye, 
causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. What Jesus is saying is that purity is of the utmost importance, but I think if this was, you know, looking at this, it's like, oh man, Jesus, that means I'd, by this point I'd have gouged my eyes out and have no hands, and, and I would, like, if that truly was um, what I had to do, but, but the thing is that Jesus makes it to where we don't have to walk around with mutilated hands and gouged out eyes because we can have pure hearts. Jesus offers us freedom in this area of our lives, I promise you. And you may be sitting here thinking, no, you don't know me. God's freedom is for everybody. And I promise you today that if you truly harness this, this fact that, that Jesus has freedom for your life and the power of the Holy Spirit and the simple things, that the steps that he wants you to take towards purity, you can find freedom in this area of your life. You were made to live in purity. Like we said, you know, God's plan is to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And I'm sure there are so many of you that are so tired of being at this second step of finding freedom. And you're just like, if I could just get over to that other side, if I could just get to where I'm making a difference, that would be amazing. But I'm so caught up in this sin. I want to let you know that, that God has freedom in store for you. But how it is going to take a fight. It's going to take a fight. Um, you know, in this talk, I want to talk about pornography. Um, but I don't want to just, like, focus on that. Because some of you might be like, oh, I don't watch, you know, hardcore pornography. Or I don't struggle with that. But lust is anywhere that you are um, going away from your spouse or your future spouse to fulfill you in a way that only your spouse or future spouse is supposed to. And so there's a lot more that goes into that. Um, when it comes to pornography, though, some of the stats, two out of three men, and this is just them, like men that actually say it, so I'm sure that the number is higher, but two out of three men monthly view pornography. The sad thing is that Christian men, when they're polled, it mirrors that number. There's no difference. Uh, broken down by age, eight out of 10 men between the ages of 18 and 30 view pornography at least monthly. Two-thirds of men between ages of 31 and 49, and then one-half of men between 50 and 68. Uh, for women, what we're seeing is that more and more and more uh, women are starting to struggle with pornography. It says that um, three out of, uh, or um, uh, one in three women between the ages of 18 and 30 view pornography at least monthly, one in eight between ages of 31 and 49, and then one in 10 between 50 and 68. So what we see is that this, you know, pornography is like an epidemic, I think, in this nation. It, it is just distorting our brains. It's distorting our purity. It's distorting our, our view of God and what he has for us. It's distorting the view of our spouses, distorting the view of what God has in store for you. But like I said, you know, purity is not just about not watching pornography. There's a lot of ways that, that we can get our minds off of what God has for us. You know, it could be TV shows, books, thoughts, flirtation, different ways that you are going outside of God's plan for your life. It's saying, where do I get my value? Where do I get my worth? 
Am I going to somebody other than God and other than my spouse for that? Um, so I believe that, that what's going to have to happen if, if we are going to embrace purity is that we have to change the way that we think. Romans 12.2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, Satan is in the business of twisting your mind, literally getting you to think differently, literally getting your body to think, in order for me to be happy, in order for me to get a reward, I need to lust. I need to go after this person or that person. And, um, you know, it's kind of like Christmas lights. You know, when you get ready to, like, to decorate the tree and you, and you drag all the Christmas lights out and you pull all the lights out of the, the box, and every year you can try so hard to, like, make them organized and, and nice and neat, but it's just like this, this mess of just tangled up Christmas lights. That's what happens in our brains. It's this poison that, that Satan that gives us to where, where our, our brains are just not even operating correctly. They're not operating in the way that God wants them to because we are so um, um, poisoned by the lies of Satan. So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to point out some of these poisonous lies that Satan gives us. And we're going to confront them, and we're going, to, we're going to expose them for the lies that they are, and then we're going to talk about purity. What's the truth behind who God made you to be? Because the temptation here would be with purity to make it all about the action steps, to make it all about, okay, I need to stop doing this. You know, I need to, I need to, um, you know, do this right. And, and at the heart of every action that we have, is, is either truth or a lie. And so if we expose the lie and we identify the lie that Satan is trying to get you to believe, then that's when you can start working towards the purity that God has for your life. If you don't identify the lie, it'll be like you're, you're, you're cutting weeds at the surface. It's always going to come back. But when you identify the lie and you uproot the lies that Satan has put in your brain and you replace it with the truth of God's word, there's some freedom that comes in that. So the very first poison, poison number one is that life is all about me. Life is all about me. The passage we're going to be looking at today is Ephesians 5, 1 through 11. We're going to be breaking it down. Um, and the very first part of it says, imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, um, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So what you see is that, that Jesus set the example where he loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us. The most selfless act of all time was Jesus dying on the cross for you. He did something for you with nothing in return. He did something for you that you didn't deserve at all. And so it's this, this example of Jesus being selfless, saying, you know what, life is not about me. And what happens so many times is that we accept the lie that your life is about you. Your life is about your happiness, the way that you feel, the way that other people can, how other people can make you feel and we know that's not what life is about. That's not going to be how you find your true joy. But when you fill your brain with lust, 
it literally changes the way you think to where all of a sudden you start to focus way more on yourself and way less on other people. This was um, fascinating. In the early 80s, Dr. Dolph Zillman of Indiana University and Dr. Jennings Bryant from University of Alabama took 80 males and 80 females, and they split them into three groups. One of them was going to have massive exposure to pornographic films. They were going to be shown 36 pornographic films over six weeks. The second was intermediate. They were shown 18 pornographic films and 18 regular non-pornographic films. And then there was no exposure, where they were... That group was shown 36 non-pornographic films. This is what's crazy. In this study, the male participants were asked the question after they, they, they had either been in the massive exposure, intermediate, or no exposure. The very first, the, the, one of the questions they asked was, do you support women's rights? The people that were not exposed to pornography, 71% of them said that they did. Of the intermediate exposure, 48% said that they supported women's rights. Of the massive exposure, 25% said they supported women's rights. I firmly believe that when we accept the lies that Satan throws at us, that pornography offers us, what it's saying is that they don't matter. They are an object. They they are, they are there simply to fulfill your desires. That's what lust and pornography and Satan tells you. And all of a sudden you start to see women and, and, and men as objects that are all about fulfilling your desires. That's what pornography does. In another study, a Princeton study, they wanted to see how the brain reacts to seeing people in different amounts of clothing. So these men were shown women with skin, that were scantily clad, and the part of the brain that lit up was the one that associates with tools. Some men showed zero brain activity in the medial prefrontal cortex, which that's the area of the brain when one ponders other people's thoughts and feelings. The, the, the researchers said they had almost never seen the brain shut down in this way, where there was just no concern about what that person thinks or feels. It is just they are an object. The professor said it's as if they are reacting to these women as if they aren't women. They're responding to them like objects. And so the lie that we believe sometimes is that life is all about me. Everybody here is an object that is just a pawn in my game that, that brings me to um, happiness and fulfillment. The lie is that people are objects to be used, but purity, the truth of God's word, says that people are to be served, not to be used. People are to be served, not to be used. So when you shift your focus, that's why we have the dream team here, because it is simply a, a shift of focus. There's so many things here that, that people are like, why do, I, why, why, why do I park a car? Why do I, why do I hold a door open? It's because it gets this, the mindset off of you and onto other people where you say, you know what? I'm going to do everything I can to make sure this person has the experience to where they can see God so clearly. But what happens is we get into our own life is about me. And it's just like, you know what? I don't want to serve. I'm just going to come. I'm going to sit. I'm going to enjoy 
And we get the mindset on us. And so anything you can do to get the mindset off of yourself, the better, the better that you are, the more that you are living in the life that Christ has for you. So that's poison number one. Poison number two is the lie that I don't need to be radical. I don't need to be radical. This thought of, you know what, I can kind of manage my lust. I can manage this, this impurity that I have in my life. It's not a big deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this stuff on the side, but, but I can manage it. It's not as bad as other people. But Ephesians 5, 3 through 4, as we walk through this passage, it says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. The NIV says, not even a hint of sexual immorality. You know, it kind of reminds me, um, a lot of our staff were, we, we were just at a conference down in Birmingham, and on the way back, uh, our flight got delayed a little bit to where when we landed in Atlanta, uh, we did not have very long to get to our next flight. And so as we landed, I just told the team, hey, I'm going to run ahead and I'm going to try to stall them, do whatever I can to get you guys on this plane. And so we land and I start booking it. You know, I was the guy running through the airport and a lot of people are graceful runners. I'm not like <laughs> I am large, I'm flat footed uh, and I, I just don't look good running. And so I, there was like the escalator, you know, and I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. And like, just like trying to book it up this thing, skipping steps. It is a miracle I didn't just bust it in front of everybody. Like I was, I was very grateful for that. But I finally get to the gate and I'm like out of breath. I'm like, ah, we're here. We've got a group of people coming. And it's like the final boarding, you know, and they're, they're real close. And they're like, well, you got to get your people here. I'm like, they're coming, they're coming. So all of a sudden people, you know, from our group start filing in and they start to get them on the plane. And uh, Turner, our young adults pastor, is like the last one because he was on the very back of the plane. And I'm thinking like, I, so I, he's like on the phone. He's like, I'm getting off the plane now. And I'm like, oh my gosh. They're like, you got two minutes. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. So I was like trying to like stall as much as I could, like, you know, tell them, this isn't our fault. This is on you guys. This is like trying to see if I could stir something up, you know? And they weren't having it. They're like, you either get on the plane or you don't. I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And so like I got on the plane, I had my boarding pass and I'm kind of like, I, I, I can't really read this part right here. And it was like 23B. I'm like, ah, like I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to stall. And I'm like looking back and Turner isn't there. And I'm picturing like the plane taking off and Turner being in Atlanta by himself. And I'm just thinking, man, finally I look back and Turner's on the plane. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I'm like sweating profusely. Uh, I um, told you guys I have hyperhidrosis before, uh, but <laughs> I was, I, I, when I was running though, like it, I didn't just simply have my bag and just stroll around and kind of look at all the different things, maybe go and, and get some popcorn or another snack or something. Like, I, I didn't have time for that. There was urgency. It was like, I need to get to this gate. I got to get to B14. That's all I care about. I'm going to run. I don't care if I look stupid. I'm going to do everything I can to get to this gate. And there was urgency behind that. And 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, run from sexual sin. 
No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does, for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. It's saying, run. Don't try to manage this thing. Don't keep it as a pet on the side. Run. Get out of there. Because, it, you know, sin is sin. But what it's saying here is that, you know, sometimes the consequences of different sins are different. And when it comes to sexual sin, there is a, it, it destroys you. When you look at the Bible, you, you look at David, Samson, Abraham, so many men that just fell into this sexual sin. And it, it, and it affects us. So, so it is a lie that you, that you don't have to be, um, you know, dr take drastic measures to get this out of your life. The story of David and Goliath, a lot of us know this story. We grew up with it and... You know, so David uh, kills this, this, this giant, Goliath, and he slings a stone right into his forehead. Goliath falls forward. What it says is this uh, in 1 Samuel 17, Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from his sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. David didn't keep Goliath around. He didn't say, oh, I knocked him down, but, you know, he's still breathing, but I'm just going to keep him around. No, he said, I got to cut the head off. I got to kill it. I got to get rid of it. And I know in, 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 there have been times when it comes to purity where, where it's like you're just thinking, well, I mean, I, I kind of want to manage it. I, I just, I, I, I'll kind of keep it around. The things that are really tempting me, I don't need to really get them out of my life. I just need to do a better job covering up and keeping people from, from knowing what I'm doing. But man, cut off the head. If you were an alcoholic, I hope that you wouldn't have alcohol in the house. If you were a drug addict, you wouldn't be keeping your supply around. When it comes to pornography, why are we so willing to keep complete internet access in our homes where nobody knows what we're looking at? I want to encourage you today, cut the head off. Do something to where, where it, you're just saying, all right, this is it. I can't do this anymore. And yeah, I get that you might not have the strength not to look at those sites. So make sure that you put accountability software on your computer. I, literally this last week, I was, I was going through this message. I started looking through some. And I said, I, don't, I do not want to ask these people to do something I'm not willing to do. So I got this thing called accountability or accountable to you. It's $7 a month. And you go on and it, and it goes on my phone, it goes on my computer, it goes on everything that I have internet access to. And, and literally it will send a report to Amber every single day to where if I'm looking at stuff I'm not supposed to, she'll see it. It literally sends a text to her phone if there is something of, of, uh, that, that they flag and they're like, okay, this is, this is not good, this, this could be really bad. It will send a text to her phone within five minutes. You think that keeps me from looking at stuff? Absolutely. If I know that she's going to get a text right away, yeah. I was actually studying for this, and she sent me a text, and it was like, what's going on? And it was like a flag, and it was like, uh, pornography statistics in, in youth or something. Like, I was typing, like, looking up stuff for this message, and it sent it straight to her phone. I was like, that's awesome. It works. But for some of you, like, think about that, like, getting an accountability software and then having someone on the other side where you think this is the last person I would want to know. 
Have it be a parent. Have it be a spouse. Have it be somebody that's not just going to be like, hey, it's okay, bud, like the grace of God. No, somebody that's like, this hurts me. This destroys me when you do this. Don't mess around anymore. It's time to cut the head off and to stop just keeping this pet around that is destroying you and your family. Do what you got to do to get it out of your life. What, what purity says, the truth says, is that you were made for a relentless pursuit of Christ. I cannot pursue Amber and pursue another woman at the same time. I can't say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing my wife. I also, there's, a, you know, there's some other women. I'm pursuing them too. No, you can't be stretched in both directions. You're like, no, you're not pursuing your wife. You're cheating on her. And it's the same thing. We are made for a relentless pursuit of Christ, and that is going in one direction. And there are things that are in the complete other direction. So be relentless. If it seems over the top, fine. I'd rather be over the top and know that my mind is operating in the way that God has, has created it to than just keeping stuff around. Man, you were made for a relentless pursuit of Christ. Poison number three says, this doesn't hurt anyone. This doesn't hurt anyone. Ephesians 5, 6-7 says, Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things people do. You know, we think, man, well, I'm doing a good job of hiding it. I'm doing a good job of keeping my like, thoughts to myself. I'm doing a good job of, of basically covering all my bases to where if they don't know about it, it doesn't hurt them. And that's just a total lie. I mean, I can eat an entire pizza in secret every single day. You may not see me eat the pizza, but you're going to see the results, you know? You're going to see, like, wow, he's gaining a lot of weight. He is extremely out of shape. Like, and it'll, the fact that you didn't see me eat it doesn't matter. It's still going to, you're easily going to see the results of it. And so when you keep this stuff around and you do this stuff in private, you may think, man, nobody knows. It doesn't affect anybody. It comes up. Your spouse can, can realize, man, they are, they're being extremely selfish. They're, they're extremely volatile. Your kids, it affects them. You treat them differently. Your friendships, everything. You know, there, there was a, just one of the saddest stories in the Bible where um, the Israelites had defeated Jericho, you know, where they walk around Jericho and, and they defeat it. And God made it very clear that there was things that were supposed to be set apart for God. They weren't supposed to be keeping things for themselves. This guy named Achan stole a robe, some coins, and a bar of gold. He kept them in his tent, thinking, man, nobody's going to know. Well, they go to, they go to this place called Ai, and it's supposed to be an easy win. And they end, up getting, they end up getting defeated. 36 men were killed. And they start to realize, man, there is sin in the camp. So what God does, he says, okay, take all the tribes and then from those tribes, I will point out one. And then from then, they go to the clans. From the clans, and I'll point out a family. From that family, I will point out one person. And he points out Achan. And they go in. They find all this stuff. It says this, Then Joshua said to Achan, Why have you brought trouble on us? The Lord, will, the Lord will now bring trouble on you. And all the Israelites stoned Achan and his family and burned their bodies. I think this is a clear picture Achan's sin did not just affect him. He dragged his entire family into this decision of death. 
And when it comes to pornography, when it comes to lust, when it comes to impurity, you are not the only one affected. Your entire families are affected by this. Deuteronomy 30, 15 through 16 said, Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and to keep his commandments, decrees, and regulations by walking in his ways. If you do this, you will live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you and the land you're about to enter and occupy. So, so be very passionate about what you are allowing into your house, what you're allowing into your mind. Be very, very aware when you have teenagers, when you have kids, if you are just letting them go into like basically the world of the internet, man, there's a lot of trouble that's going to be coming. You need to know what your kids are seeing. You need to know what you're allowing into your house. Philippians 4.8 says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You know, I'm trying to eat right. And, and, and a lot of it was like getting the crap out of the house that was like, you know, that was junk food. I had to do that. But then I realized, man, I'm still like really hungry. And so a big thing was like, man, I need to go to Target and get some like snacks that are like, you know, some like nuts and trail mix and, and fruit and different things that, that, you know, there's always going to be that hunger, but I need to have the right things in my house. And that's going to really help in this where I'm not going to go and, and go to McDonald's or whatever because I'm hungry. You know, and, and so in your houses, have the right stuff in your house. A lot of times we think, okay, if I just block all of the, the inappropriate internet access, if we're careful about what movies we watch, but like, make sure that you have the right things in your house. Think of things in your house that will spark fun, laughter, creativity, family, community, and constantly have those things in your house. Have things where, you know, books, have, have board games, have trips planned, have whatever your family is like, you know, wired to do, have those in your house to where you, you have those things in front of you, to where you're not just sitting in boredom and you're just constantly thinking, man, I probably shouldn't, you know, lust or whatever. Have the right things in your house. Don't be a boring family. Do fun things. Do things that will, will spark that community, that family feel, that, that, that laughter, that fun. You know, so um, keep the right things in your house. Purity says this, you can bring life to your loved ones. You can bring life to your loved ones. You have a choice between death and life, and you can bring life to your loved ones. You don't have to bring in this destruction. And then the fourth poison is that no one can know. Satan's going to feed you a lie that, that you need to choose isolation. No one can know. If anybody knew about what you're doing, oh, if anybody knew, nobody would love you. You'd be all alone. But Ephesians 5, yeah, as, we, as we finish this verse, says this, for, you were, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Satan's going to tell you, if anybody knew this, my life will be over. If anybody knew what I, do, what I do, my life will be over. But it's actually the opposite. Once you let someone know, 
then true life is about to begin. God will honor your honesty. And I get that it's scary. I get that you're like, man, I, I don't know if I can let people know that the real me, no one's going to love me. I've, I've, I've been a fake. I've been a phony. I've been a liar. I want to encourage you that, man, God honors your honesty. You don't have to act anymore. You don't have to, to lie anymore. Because God has freedom in store for you, and it's on the other side of you bringing to light the real you. You cannot find freedom and continue to fake it. You can't. It cannot happen. And you're just going to continue to live in the darkness. But man, this is why we push small groups so much because it's just saying, okay, I'm going to get with this group. And if there's a group of six people, I may not say, hey guys, this is what I'm really struggling with. But you might find one person that you really connect with and you, you have those moments where you say, hey, can, can we talk? And you just let one or two people know, hey, guess what? I'm taking off the mask. This, this is the real me. And I guarantee you that, that Satan tries to make this big, you know, this lie hanging over you. If, if anybody knew, nobody would love me. But I guarantee you, man, we here at Destiny Church, we get it. We understand that you are a human. We understand that you have a, a sin nature. And we want you to live in that freedom, but we're not going to throw stones at you because we have all been there. So if you're honest, man, God's going to take you some places. Purity says that Jesus' love for you is not to be achieved, but to be received. Your worth does not come in what other people think of you or your successes or how well you have done in this area of your life up to this point. Your worth is in just the sole fact that Jesus loves you. And it is only by receiving this love that you can have the power to fight for purity. I cannot stress enough how important the work of the Holy Spirit in your life is. You cannot do this on your own. You cannot self-help your way to purity. So I want to ask you, are you ready? Are you ready to live in purity? Are you ready to fight for purity? I've put here some practical steps towards purity and, and, and we're going to end you know, real soon. But I just, wanna, I just want you to lock in right now. I want you to imagine. Imagine a church of this size where every single person decides, man, I'm not going to be ensnared anymore. I'm not perfect. I know I'm going to mess up, but I'm going to put the things in my life where my spouse knows who I am. My friends know who I am. And I'm going to be honest and transparent. I'm going to walk in that purity. Imagine how this community can be affected. I think pornography and lust is the biggest crippler of, of Christians in this day and age. But imagine if you say, hey, I'm going to be honest. This is what I've been struggling with. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the steps that I need to walk towards purity. Imagine that. So are you ready today? I put practical steps towards purity. And after I'd submitted these notes, 
I realized, man, I didn't even put repentance down there. That is the number one step. Is you, you have to admit, man, this is on me. This is my bad. I messed up. I've been going outside of God's plan for my life. And, and it's just you saying in front of God, God, I repent. I'm sorry. I'm turning from that. I'm accepting the life you have for me. But then some other steps towards purity. And this is, you know, if you're married, date your spouse. Get that connection with them again. There's a phrase, I don't know if you've heard it, but the grass is greener where you water it. You know, if you're, if you're focusing on your spouse and, and dating them and being friends with them, all of a sudden I think you're going to see, man, I'm not going to want to be going to other uh, people just to get this, this satisfaction or this, this worth that you can get from, from your own spouse. The second is to serve the people around you. That gets your mindset off of yourself and onto other people. So for some of you, man, you got to get into growth track. you got to get in the process of serving. Just, just, just come today. we got food for you. we got child care. I'll be in there. Just start the process. Third is to download a good accountability software. You know, I told you I've, I use Accountable to You. That's what I use. But there's also Covenant Eyes and X3 Church and... Uh, Different ones that, man, if, and some people say, oh, there's ways around it. There's, I get that. But I think if you can take that step of faith and do the best that you can, I think God's going to honor that. And, and some accountability is better than none at all. So, so download accountability software. It's usually 7 to $10 a month. You can get it for your whole family. Do it. Next is to find Jesus-centered community. Like I said, small groups where you find one person where you just say, hey, can we talk? For some of you, it's baptism. You, the, the Bible's clear. The second step after giving your life to Jesus is baptism. And it's just you saying, hey, I'm not perfect, but I'm following Jesus. Next week, we have a baptism service. If you're like, man, I've never been baptized. I, I want to take that step. We've got a baptism class in the youth room right after this. And we'll get it all set up to where you can get baptized next week. Last is to seek Christian counseling. For some of you, you, you got to find a counselor. You got to have them help you process, man, uh, kind of rewiring your brain, figuring out, okay, I, I, I need a Christian counselor to, to help me out with this. But man, I hope that you leave today with a feeling of hope. For a lot of you, I'm sure there's been years and years and years of this slavery that you were never meant to walk in. You were never meant to live with those chains, but but the, the power of Jesus and his Holy Spirit says, man, you don't need to live with this anymore. There is freedom in store for you. And so I, I get what messages do. This is not going to change your life. It will be a catalyst towards it. But what you have to do is you have to take the steps where you say, all right, I'm getting accountability. I'm getting people in my life where I can be honest with them. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that, that I'm doing the things I need to do to walk towards this purity. I'm going to pray here in a second. And, and for some of you, you just know, man, this is, this is big for me. In this moment, I want you to... to Take some time to just talk to God. Repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. 
pray, God, show me, show me at least one person that I can bring this into the light with. Go home today, get some accountability software and set it up to where with, if you stumble and you fall, it's going straight to the person it's going to hurt the most. And that's not to hit you on the head. It's to bring a severity to it where you're just like, I'm done with this. I'm done with it. And get, get in a small group. Get in a small group. I can't stress that enough. So thank you guys so much for, for taking the time to, to go through this. This is big, guys. This could be huge for your life. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much. Lord, for the fact that you desire for us to live in freedom. Your plan for our lives is not slavery, but you have come to set the captive free. And God, today I speak freedom over every person here, every person listening to this message. God, we speak freedom. I pray that your Holy Spirit would well up in them, that, it would, that he would fill them to where, to where they live by your spirit and no longer by the slavery of sin. God, we pray for families to be set free. We pray for, for teenagers to find their worth in you. We pray for brains to, to be restored. God, we pray for freedom. For some of you here, you say, man, you said the first step to, to freedom is to know God. I don't have a relationship with him. Yeah, I came to church. And I believe in a God, but I don't have a relationship with him. If that's you, you can start that today. You can receive the love that God has for you today. So I want you to pray this with me if that's you. Say, Jesus, thank you. I am so sorry for trying to do life on my own. I've messed up. I've sinned. But Jesus, today, I am accepting your free gift of salvation. I know that it is only through your power that I can be saved. I'm turning from my old life, and I'm pursuing the new life that you have for me. In your name I pray, amen.